Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 81, A Latin American Perspective. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, Check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Coaching staff departures, rookie draft, showcases, and trades. The XFL offseason is in full swing. As usual, this week we have several league developments to discuss. In addition... Calero Sports football analyst Oscar Clegriga joins the show to discuss the XFL and its awareness in Mexico. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On June 12th, the XFL announced Vegas Vipers head coach Rod Woodson and the league have mutually agreed to part ways. Woodson's Vipers completed the 2023 season with a 2-8 record, finishing last in the North Division. The league has begun the search process and will provide information at an appropriate time. Also on June 12th, Vegas Vipers announced running backs coach Marcus Lewis was selected to participate in the National Football League's New York Jets Coaching Minority Fellowship. On June 14th, XFL co-owner Dwayne The Rock Johnson posted to his social media accounts League ownership and executive team held a productive seven-hour board meeting. On June 16th, the XFL Communications Department announced a transaction between the Arlington Renegades and Seattle Sea Dragons. The Renegades received linebacker Tuzar Skipper in the 46th selection. The Sea Dragons received offensive lineman George Moore in the 40th selection. Also on June 16th, the XFL held its rookie draft. Despite it not being broadcasted, however, upon its completion, the league posted the draft results on XFL.com. On June 17th, the XFL held its HBCU showcase at Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia. On June 18th, the XFL held its Atlanta showcase at Center Park Credit Union Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by Calero Sports Football Analyst Oscar Clegriga to discuss the XFL and its awareness in Mexico. Welcome, Oscar. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show and discuss the XFL and its awareness in Mexico and maybe even Latin America. Because, I mean, heck, you cover a vast area, a region 
of nations. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting your input on it. So welcome to the show. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Oh, thank to you, my amigo, Michael. How are you? Nice to, to be here. And your show is, is a, a big deal, no? The football here in Mexico is a great passion. And in Latin America, it's growing up. No, like countries like Argentina, maybe the rugby is much bigger than football, but the, the connection between these two sports is obvious, no? And Argentina, Brazil, another country in Central America, Panama, Costa Rica, there are the, the more biggest audience no, for football, not only the XFL, another kind of league, no? Here in Mexico, we are a, a crazy fans about about this sport. <laughs> well, I'm a firm believer before we get into things here, you know, too much. Why don't we go ahead and get a little bit of your background? Because I think it's beneficial for my listeners to understand who you are and how you came across football and why is it important to you and, and all that stuff. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Uh, about me, well, uh, at this moment, at this point in, in my career, I'm working in Claro Sports, a new TV channel, a multi-platform channel now here in Mexico and 17 countries in Latin America, from Mexico to south to the, to the border, now in Central America and South America, 17 countries, uh, counting Mexico. No? Before that, I work in radio newspaper, and another TV channel here in Mexico. Uh, maybe you listen about uh, Televisa, no? Uh, like we say, no. Uh, in, in the United States, in the beginning of my career, I worked in football soccer. My beginning was in, 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 here in Mexico, no? It's one of the biggest the most biggest sport, no? <laughs> the, the football soccer, but I have two decades, two decades, uh, 20 years in this profession. I'm a blessing guy, no? and my love is always football. I covered the, the college football here in Mexico uh, since 1999. Radio broadcasting the games no? between college and universities here in Mexico. And growing up with the NCAA, college football in the United States, the NFL, leagues like the XFL, USFL, everything around football, I will be there. <laughs> well, good deal. I think it's important for people to have an understanding if it's something somebody started watching six months ago, but you have a long, rich history of it as a passion and as obviously a career so if anyone's in tuned into football it is you and that's why it's very important to reach out to people like yourself to get a real good understanding of what's happening in mexico with american football and more so the xfl so i like to kind of kick things off with going back in time here on the XFL, right from the very beginning, the XFL ownership publicly stated they view the XFL as a global league, such as Erica Mielman has said that the league has an eye on future expansion, and they mentioned Mexico among markets that they would consider. So if we go back to early 2021, the XFL had 
some discussions of collaboration with the Canadian Football League. So this idea of a global league isn't something that just popped up yesterday. This has been something they had their focus on since day one. Still talking about it today. That being said, know that they broadcasted in 142 countries. Broadcasting deals in Austria, Germany, Switzerland, because of a big sports network called Sports One. What I would like to know, and what my listeners are probably intrigued, is to find out what happened with this iteration in Mexico. Do you, off the top of your head, do you know who broadcast it? Was it Calero Sports that had the XFL rights in Mexico? Was it on a major network? Was it on streaming platforms? How easy was the access to find XFL games on television? Yeah, if, uh, today with the technology, always have the opportunity to follow, no, the, the game, a league, a kind of the XFL, no. Here in Mexico, like you know, no, Fox Sports and ESPN have is are the same company, no. Here in Mexico, we follow the the XFL in ESPN. They broadcast one game of the week, each week only one game, but in the streaming. We have the opportunity to know all the games week by week. Uh, here in Mexico, uh, and like in the United States, no, this part of the year we need <laughs> so uh, football, no American football, like we say here in Mexico, Latin America, and the XFL is a is a great opportunity to do that. No, it's a great level, familiar faces, no. In on the field, outside the field, no, and this great aura around Dwayne Johnson have big shot for for Mexico. Many people maybe don't like football, but listen, Dwayne is the ownership of this league. And okay, maybe I look at the window and saw some. This game is, is a reality, no? Here in Mexico and Latin America, the Dwayne Johnson aura is biggest. All these great movies, no? And, and all the stuff around the rock. Clinch with, with the people and make the upgrade of the fans to the XFL. Maybe only for the curiosity to watch, you know, maybe Dwayne, an interview with Dwayne, I'm a, a, a transparent guy. Dwayne Johnson in Mexico, Latin America, make the spotlight uh, show the XFL, no? And per se, the game is, is lovely, no? With the, the, the level, the familiar face, like I talked about it a little minute ago, it's, it's a great, great league. And the, the passion in, in Mexico, Latin America, always keep fighting to watch the games. ESPN have the, the rights, you know, is the official broadcaster. And me in Claro Sports make a cover around, you no, know, without rights, but uh, the news access, you no, know, the famous the famous news access to show the people this kind of, of football. And you know it, no, the interviews, the press conference, uh, and make contact with UN. Just a, a, a little email, no, but for me was the, the standard. <laughs> so when I look at it, as far as a sports landscape, the time of the year, you had mentioned how you guys were crazed, looking for it, 
and this is a good time. When we look at the overall sports landscape, for those that don't know, my listeners, there's a FIFA calendar for soccer. And typically, this season kicked off while soccer, your your football, was actually still in full swing. And it pretty much went head-to-head with football. But so doesn't the NFL when it goes into the fall, right? The NFL kicks off in September. It plays through. So those both of those leagues are going head-to-head against your guys' number one sport. So did it? We know the thing here in the United States, and we know that they are got their tentacles out there throughout the world because they have games played in London. They're going to play games in even in Mexico City in the past, and they're going to continue doing that moving forward. So with that being said, how was the XFL view? In comparison, yes, you guys want football, but NFL still king. Did it quite live up to the standards that you hear and have those people craving the NFL? Or was it kind of just a little bit behind or significantly behind? Uh, significantly behind, yeah. The, the, the XFL, maybe, without a doubt, I told you 20% of the fan base followed the NFL, watch the XFL. It's a biggest difference, no? But this is the first season we have the opportunity to, to solve the XFL easily. No, ESPN in his gaps, no, right now in the TV, because the other seasons, no, before this 2023, it was more hard to watch. No, you need a, a game pass, you need something like that was hard to, to watch it and, and follow the, the XFL. But the growing up of the fan base for the XFL, this 2023 is uh, make it match, no? Is uh, that synergy between the league and the Mexican and Latin American fans, no? Maybe I always talk about Mexico because I'm here in, in Mexico, but in, in Claro Sport, we have all this travel around the, the South uh, continent, no? And feel this uh, level of growing up uh, fan bases, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia. I forgot saying uh, many people in Colombia follow the football. They have not professional football, but they start to organize uh, some kind of tournaments, no amateurs, but with the helmet, shoulders, just a little, no, a little part of, of Colombian guys practice the, the, the football. But this, this is the the reality, you know, the actuality of the XFL in Mexico. Maybe twenty percent the people always follow the NFL, watch the XFL, and learn about this league. It's not competition for the NFL. It's another stop. Of that segment that obviously tuned into the XFL, we know it's a different type of game. The NFL is a longer game. They have certain types of rules. You know, the one foot that needs to inbound here for the XFL doesn't match the NFL's two feet. We have a couple other rules with the clock and the visibility looking into, you know, the decisions behind the referees where the NFL does not have that. So significant differences, kickoffs, whatever. We can name um, plenty of them. How did this version of football come across to those that did tune in? Was it embraced and welcomed? 
or is it kind of did it come across a little bit gimmicky? Uh, we have uh, the two kind of, of fans, no? The fans, the new fans embrace this kind of stuff, no? The kickoff, the, the, the cameras inside the, the, the field, it's a good one. I remember, many people here in Mexico remember the first step of the XFL, no? With all this show, no? With the WWE. Mahon is the last name of the owner in the 2000, no, no, something, something like that. And the way he followed and the broadcasting followed the game, no, many of that cameras now is in the, in the NFL. No? We have that kind of the sky cam and, and another thing, no. We saw first in, in the NFL, no. The, the celebration, all movement the, of the camera came to the in the XFL before the, the, the NFL. And this 2023, the way we can, the teams can make the conversion plays, no? Two points, three points, make this game uh, more attractive at the end, no? Because you maybe was down nine points. In the NFL, you need two times the ball. The XFL, you need only one. We don't have short kick. The XFL, you need to play a fourth and fifteen. That is is spectacular, and the people maybe don't not don't need to understand the, the game to the a to the the last rule. No. But with these kind of spectacular moments, catch a, a, a new fan base. It's a reality. This difference between the rules in the XFL and the NFL was embraced for many, many people here in Mexico and Latin America. So when we first had a conversation back in late January, maybe early February, when we first connected, you were telling me about how Luis Perez is this individual that people gravitate towards, right? Because of his his upbringing, his heritage and whatnot. Is it safe to say that Luis Perez is the most notable, recognized player from the XFL? Or are there other ones that kind of actually drew an interest from people from Latin America? Because the blood, no, the heritage of, of Luis Perez, uh, Mexico followed the, the XFL, no. Uh, here in Claro Sports works his uncle, Aaron Soriano, uh, uncle of Luis Perez, working in TV network. And this is a, a, another kind of history, no, because you watch one of yours, no, is a Mexican American guy. He born in the state, his family is Mexican, is Latin American. And that makes some kind of sense no, to, to, the, to the Mexican fans. And the figures of, uh, like Heinz Ward, no, here in Mexico, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a great fan base no, with Dallas Cowboys, maybe the two more biggest teams in, in Mexico and Latin America. Uh, Woodson, oh, with, with Las Vegas Vipers, and in Las Vegas we have an old friend, let me say in, in that word, the coach Frank Arellanos, 
working with Rod Woodson and his coaching staff. He has Latin blood in his vein, no? And you make that connection and feel the, the XFL is the, the step for the Mexican. I'm back to your, uh, your words about the XFL, the CFL, the Canadian Football League, because Mexico feel maybe the step to follow is Canadian football, XFL, and maybe dream in NFL, no? because the, the, the jump in Mexico to the NFL, we have two guys, no? Alfredo Gutierrez in San Francisco 49ers and Isaac Alarcón with Dallas Cowboys. Make that jump, no? the college football here in Mexico to the NFL. So guys, maybe the, the road is the XFL or the, the another league, no? the USFL, the CFL, and think making this up level, no, in, in, in this kind of things. So I'm not surprised, right, because of our previous conversation, and it makes sense with the heritage of Luis. So with that being said, you kind of just painted the picture. Probably most people were fans of the Vegas Vipers because of the connections. Yeah, so that was probably yeah. the number one team supported in Mexico and Latin America was the Vegas Vipers. And even though they didn't do too well, only winning two games this season. But more importantly, that trade, Luis leaving the Vegas Vipers to the Arlington Renegades. So how did that impact things? Did all of a sudden people start becoming fans of Arlington? Mm -hmm. Because Arlington obviously had a good run. It might have not have looked good in the regular season, but when Luis got there, it was a different team. They yeah. make it to the championship game. They win the championship. So how much did that impact rooting interest within the Latin American communities? And believe it or not, the Arlington Renegades was the second follow team here in Mexico. Because this connection you know, between Texas and, and, and Mexico is a, a part of the culture you now two countries, no, USA and, and Mexico. And Destiny make Luis Perez finish the season with the Arlington Renegades. That was a, a, a biggest clinch, no, because the spotlight in a team with zero victories uh, in the middle season, one victory, the Mexican fan is very hard. Uh, for the results, no? Ah, uh, okay, with Perez playing in a losing team, I don't care. But when Luis came to the Arlington Renegades and fight for the opportunity to make the playoffs and arrive to the championship game, okay, that kind of, of fans, they, I, I don't want to look the biggest piper, I, I don't care. Maybe a Mexican guy can be a champion in the XFL. Okay, everybody follow you now the, the Arlington Renegades and the, the, the big scope of, of the championship game you now in the XFL with Luis and an amazing story you now in this 2023 season for Mexico and Luis Perez. Him being named the championship game MVP was so fitting, right? I, you know, let's take Heritage out, right? But I know for you guys, it's a big part of why you guys gravitate towards him. But I even know here stateside, we've talked about how he is Mr. Alternative Football, right? He's played anywhere you can imagine, whether it's, you know, the AAF, the Spring League, 
the USFL, the XFL, and he's always been the journeyman where he's been traded even in 2.0 for the XFL from the LA team to New York. Here he was again, always a guy battling diversity. So when we look at it, it's just kind of interesting how fitting it was that he turned around Arlington. He was essentially the missing piece and his positivity and outlook. And I can't tell you how many times people were talking about him and his understanding of the playbook, whether it was from his time with the Vipers or how, when he got to the Renegades, how much people were just like, this guy has a very bright and sharp mind and how he explains it to the players, even the guys that may not understand exactly what they're supposed to run, whether it's supposed to be a flag route or a post route, whatever he would break it down. So when he was named the, MVP of the championship game. It wasn't, it wasn't a surprise to anyone. Everyone knew he deserved it. I want to kind of talk about that because he was just as humble as he's ever been. And, you know, as a guy that could finally feel like, you know, we use this term here in the United States, get the monkey off your back. Like, and it's always been kind of holding you down here. He won, you know, he's always been trying to get into the NFL and camps and stuff. He always hit kind of got those up to, but here he finally is a champion after his whole road. What does that mean to the people that followed him and the XFL, knowing that he wasn't just making it to the championship, he's a champion and the MVP of the game? He's a true Mexican guy. <laughs> what I mean, Mexico is a, a country always fighting, always keeping fighting one, one step at a time, one play at a time. We have this kind of uh, resiliency, you know? The bad times, the good times, but in the bad times, Mexico always unite. You know? And Luis Perez is something like that. You, know? you name it, the spring league. Maybe not the biggest thing in, in football, no, but was in the, in the spring league and two great performances in the spring league. The Alliance Football League, no, with the Irons in Birmingham, they making a, a good season and break no, the, the, the Alliance Football League. That makes a, a shield no, that we believe like a culture no, in Latin America. Because, okay, the, the door close, closed, okay. Go to the uh, to the others, you know, and make it the things uh, happen. That kind of guy is is, is Luis Perez, you know. The NFL, the people three, they can, he can uh, play one game, preseason game, maybe one two snaps, and that was all for Luis Perez. Came to the USFL, lost in semifinal, you know, with the New Jersey Generals. And now the XFL, the first game in this 2023 season was Las Vegas Vipers at Arlington Renegade. The first touchdown of this league in this year, throw it by Luis Perez. In a great play, the scrambles the rivals and connect with the the wide receiver. And in the middle of the season, when all this disgrace (laughs) with with Las Vegas Vipers, no. The, the team can win a game and the windows open. You know, and, and I talk about this analogy, you know, the, the sun rise and we look for the Arlington Renegades, the chance 
to make the teams with a good one, great team, like you say, the Arlington Renegades need a good QB. And that QB was Luis Perez. The connection was 100%, no? The connection was, was right. And finish the season with the MVP award is the ponder of the of the client. No, it's a it's a kind of of, of magic, you know, for, for Luis Perez in his career for all those years, always fighting, waiting, fighting, falling, make the, the, the things came back and happen. It's a spectacular year for the Mexican guy calling. Luis Perez, like we'd say in Mexico, Luis Perez. <laughs> well, you know, it's just the one image I really take for it because I was in San Antonio for the championship game, and uh, even though I couldn't really see him so much on the field celebrating, but it was on the jumbotron, the big screen, you know, and to see him doing the confetti angels with his his children, his daughters. I mean, it's just he remained humble throughout the entire process. He was never, I mean, when we got to see glimpses of him in the locker room, he'd give pep talks to his team, you know, to motivate him and stuff, but he's never been self-centered or thought, you know, overly high of himself. I'm, I'm, I believe he's a confident man, but he carries his confidence in a way that he lets his play talk. And it's just, but it's good to see him let loose and enjoy that moment with his, his children on the field because it was, it was a long road. And I'm not saying that his journey is over, but it's just it's good to see him have that opportunity. I imagine, you know, that it meant something to the uh, Latin American communities because of our conversation before. So I wanted to take a moment and talk about him and his journey because it's very fitting for alternative football players in general. Anyone that has not made it to the National Football League, he is the epitome of it, even as American would go, right? There's so many guys that try to get in. I mean, coming from Division Two, you know, he wasn't a D1 player, so anybody that doesn't typically play D1 has a harder road. So, like, he is the epitome of what the football journey is, regardless of his heritage or not. I think so many people identify and kind of feel like he's one of them. And that's what's great is that that feel-good story happened. I mean, you can't write a better ending, I would think. I know some people could argue uh, that, but it's his play. Man, it was on point right from the get-go, right, when they started that game. Because there was that one play, and I always come back to this when I talk to everybody. It looks like he's going to get sacked. looks like he's going down. And he doesn't get off a good pass. It looks like he kind of throws up a little bit of a prayer, right? Just a little bit of hope. And it looked like it could have been picked off or whatever could have happened, but it was completed. And I knew right there, and I've talked on some other shows, I knew something was going to be different with him, the team. It felt like, well, if they can't make that mistake, are they going to make any? And I'm not saying the game was perfect, but he had a, a pretty flawless game. So, like, but not to beat on Luis too much because obviously. You know, he's one of multiple players that made that happen. It's a team accomplishment, but it's just it's good to see somebody like him achieving success and getting recognition that he deserves for his time put into it and whatnot. So, but moving forward, looking at other things, when we look at this globalness, right? It's one thing to have a broadcast. It's one thing to be able to, you know, see the game. The other thing is 
was there any access to apparel? Was there any type of like viewing parties and stuff in Mexico, seeing that that's where you are? Was there any type of bill? I know you say it's not quite the NFL, right? But the, <laughs> were we seeing anything outside like of groups coming together to coordinate or people proudly wearing the apparel if they could wear it? Or we see in some Latin American countries, and I think back to the boy from Argentina that made his own Messi jersey mm-hmm. that went viral. Did we have any of that? Did you see any of the XFL type of stuff like that in Mexico this season? In reality, not like that just in, in, in this this time, no. We follow the league, but we don't have these groups no, to solve the games. Uh, maybe in a couple of years, we start with go to, to a restaurant no, with, with friends, 15, 20, 15 uh, guys seeing the Arlington or the Vegas Vipers, the Bahamas, whatever you, you, your team name, no? But it's the, the start of something like that. This feeling of be part of the group, no? be part of one team. San Antonio, because Heinz Ward, no? Vipers, because Brad Woodson is out of the, the, the Steelers, no? The, the, the history of the of the Houston Rockets, no, with coach uh, Wade Phillips, son of who, you know, the, the, the legend. Mexico know about history in football, but for the XFL, this is a good one start. We need make the impact in the screen, can solve all the games week by week, and make this connection with the with the fans. Because only one way is it's difficult to say it, no? It's soccer. At the same time, people follow you know, the, the teams of, of the soccer, the football soccer. And that kind of stuff makes difficult this sense of connection with, with the XFL, no? Maybe here, the people go to a restaurant, to a bar with, with friends, and so the New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens. But today, with the XFL, is not starting. The why I asked some of those questions, right? It's kind of to talk about the culture of every place, right? The same thing happens here. You know, NFL, you'll find bars that are hardcore, whatever, right? And people will go watch their favorite team. It doesn't matter. I live in Florida, and you'll find Buffalo Bill bars down here where people gather. And so, I mean, and that's 1,400 miles of a difference. Yeah. But So we know culture can bring that in. Now, knowing that's a new league, I see a potential issue rising, right, for the XFL to continue to grow. Anyone that's been paying very close attention knows that there is another league kind of creating and preparing for kickoff in 2024, the International Football Alliance. And I'm sure that you're familiar with it. I touched base on my show a little bit about what's coming. And if this does get off the ground, they got some pretty legitimate people affiliated with it. They have Hell Mummy and whatnot. That a lot anybody that's even American know Hell Mummy that with the air raid and whatnot. Well, they look like they're going to have three Mexican teams and three teams in Texas, right, to kick off their season. And they're talking about capping the rosters with, what, 20 Americans, and then the rest of the rosters can be 
of any other nationality. Yeah. So with that being said, with three teams being in Mexico, with there being roster spots essentially secured so that Mexican players or Latin American players can get on these teams more opportunity, how is that going to impact the XFL in their second season when this team actually kicks off? How much do you think that football interest is going to get shifted towards something that, well, we could go attend these games. Oh, these games are going to be easier to see on television. Ooh, we identify with more of these players. Does the XFL get pushed back? Because that's going to be at a very similar time that those seasons are going to yeah. be going on. Yeah, uh, let me say something. Uh, a window is a window. No? I mean, uh, the opportunity to have this new league no? is interesting. But let me say something. Here in Mexico, we have professional football, American football with the LFA. Ten teams play around ten weeks, regular season only. Ten teams. We have five games each week. That makes a, a roster of 50, 54 players in each team. We're talking about 10 teams, round. It's a bigger player base, no? In, in the LFA, the league have only 12 United States players. The rest need to be Mexican, that percent, you know? And early uh, in, the, in the last weekend, we, we ended, ended the, the season with the Caudillos of Chihuahua being the, the champions of the LFA. And this new window in a, a new part of the schedule you know, in uh, 2024 brings a new window to try to grow up this sport in professional level. College football here in Mexico is massive. We have Ciudad Universitaria, the biggest university here in Mexico. You maybe listen about no, the NAM, the Pumas. We have a stadium of 17,000 people building only for American football. Science 16 years ago, maybe, no? The, the college football is the, the big stuff, but the professional start with the LFA six years ago. With the pandemic and all this stuff, we have a, a great, you know, <laughs> we have a pause. But this new league with three teams in the USA, three teams in Mexico, it's, it's interesting. I have to say here in Mexico, we are... Some part of the fans maybe are skeptical about this league. Maybe don't work. Maybe yes. But like I start this answer, no? a window is a window. We need to, to cross. So it's nothing to be too worried about if you're the XFL from your point of view, as far as at least yeah. in, the, in the Mexican or Latin American aspect. I just thought it would be because more competition, more closer to home, especially rosters and whatnot. But you brought up a good point. You know, I didn't really dive into the professional league that you guys have and really take into consideration what those rosters look like. So it's just essentially adding three more teams because the, the Texan teams are just going to be in Texas anyway. So it's not like they're driving mm -hmm. and attending those games. So it's adding three more teams. 
so it's it's always good just to take a look at the landscape because we know here in the United States that the landscape continues to evolve with this what we call alternative or spring season. Let me ask you something. For the United States fans, it's interesting to go to a stadium and so a game between Mexico and American team? I think it could because when let's just go back to 2021 when the XFL and the CFL were in discussions talking about collaboration. I know a lot of people, our minds jumped right to merger and we're like, how is this going to work? One, they had nine teams. They play on a larger field, right? Their rules are different, completely different. So how are we going to make this work? And, we were trying to wrap our heads, and I say we as an Americans that yeah. are fans of the alternative football, maybe not hardcore NFL fans that don't get into it. But people are trying to think, what was this going to be? So if we were wrapping our heads around potentially playing in established, you know, league and merging and figuring out rules, I can't see it being all that different because I mean we hear it all the time with the National Football League that there's potential of expansion at some point beyond the American borders. It's not rocket science, what they've been doing in London, what they're looking to do in Germany and what, you know, whether it's the preseason games, whatever they do in Mexico city, we are more open to some sort of expansion into other markets because we see it in all of our other professional sports. The NBA team has a team in Toronto and used to have a team in Vancouver. If you look at Major League Baseball, they have a Toronto team, used to have a team in Montreal. If you look at the NHL, well, heck, a lot of the original six teams or whatever you want to refer to are from Canada anyway. So, I mean, like our culture and our sports haven't been really that much isolated as just American because even if we look at Major League Soccer, I think we'd wrap our head around because we have all these tournaments with Major League Soccer clubs and Mexican you know, uh, clubs. And they're always making up even their own little tournament to have four teams and four teams to play. So there's constantly something where I think it would it be odd at first, maybe a little bit, because football is, you know, ours. This is our sport. This is what we created. But the world's playing it. We know it's growing in Europe with the uh, ELF and whatnot. Yeah. So I think we're watching more foreign football, whether it's the Canadian Football League, ELF. I think people are watching more and more streams. I don't think it'd take more than a year or two before it just be 100% embraced. Yeah. That's the, will we ever see it happen? Talk has been happening for a long time, and we just haven't seen it. So we need to make sure the league like the XFL establishes itself for longevity before they can really start putting teams or jumping wherever, because if they're not prepared for it financially, they may not be around for five, six, seven years. So, Okay. Okay. This sport is a good one. Not only on the field, outside the field, the values, all this stuff around the, the football is, is amazing. Mexico would get behind one team. I know we had somebody on from Great Britain talking about if they named a team after London, it would alienate most of the country. People from London would only support the team because they don't really care for London, most of the country, I guess. If there was a team in Mexico City, would Mexico rally 100% the football fans become Mexico City fans of that one team and wholeheartedly support it? Yeah, I talk about a, a 
if you know the, the capital is in, in basketball, mm-hmm. now with, with this the league in, in the NBA, oh, a couple of years, now maybe uh, 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 20 years ago, you know, it, we have the, the experiment of, of the Aztecs, a basketball team, each playing in the, in the States. It's really hard because the Mexican fans have this embrace with the with the Steelers, with the Dallas Cowboys, with the New England Patriots, and have a team in Mexico. It's a start with one, and the other teams have twenty. No, it's a it's a big difference. Maybe uh, in this kind of leagues, no, the XFL, the USFL. I don't see a team in Mexico. Maybe the first step is see more Mexican players in this league. And that make that upgrade to the, the to the feeling you know, and, and the love of the XFL, the USFL, the CPL, whatever. But maybe the first step is have more players in this kind of league, Mexican players. You know, I had to ask because what seems like an obvious answer to me or other people I may usually have conversations with, it's intriguing to know that maybe always placing a team someplace isn't the answer. It's just a matter of embracing more players from a nation or surrounding nations in the Latin American markets or uh, regions, shall I say. So that's always intriguing to get those answers. And that's why I ask because you are there, you know what's going on. And you're an expert, a professional. So I want to, oh, you are welcome. I want to thank you for coming on to the show. I think we ran a little long here. I I try to stay as close to our agreement. But I I would love to bring you back again sometime. Well, we can always do this again. But thank you. No, thank you, you, Michael. It's a pleasure. It really is. Before you go, I think it's important because people are probably going to be intrigued as to who you are and why I brought you on. So why don't you go ahead and share with everybody where they could find your social media handles and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe Calero Sports, you know, uh, all those social media and websites so they can come check it out. The personal stuff is, is my, my last name, Cleriga, arroba Cleriga, in Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, in TikTok is my, my name, Oscar, period, Cleriga, TikTok, and the professional uh, social media, Claro Sports, in each one, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and we make contact. Perfect. Thank you, my amigo. My amigo, Michael, Miguel, like we say here in Mexico. Thanks so much. Who as well. Take care. See you soon. Gracias. We are fortunate to have Oscar provide us with insight from Mexico and Latin America. His interest in nearly two decades of covering American football at various levels provides him with significant knowledge of the sport we love. It also gives him a good sense of the region's interest of leagues like the XFL. As we get deeper into the offseason, I will continue to connect with people from around the country and the globe to help us gain a better understanding of where the league's awareness is and how it is viewed. It is important to know the realities facing the league. After all, We are all fans of the XFL and want to see it succeed. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like to be heard on the show, 
reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.